Greetings. My name is Vince Williams. I'm the president and CEO of the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council. The hashtag BiDiverse podcast, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, provides a voice to minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, as well as to corporations seeking to meet their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals strategically and intentionally. Hear the stories of certified minority-owned businesses and learn about their journeys, challenges, best practices, and successes. Also, discover Chicago MSDC's robust offerings to support business owners with certification, advocacy, connecting, and developing. Founded in 1968, Chicago MSDC is the premier organization that advances business opportunities for its certified Asian, Black, Hispanic, and Native American entrepreneurs. Contact us at www.chicagomsdc.org or bydiverse.net. This is Vince Williams, President and CEO of the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, and you're listening to Hashtag BiDiverse, powered by Chicago MSDC. What you can expect from our podcast, first-hand success stories, business opportunities that are within the pipeline, best practices, advocacy, mentorship, how and why companies should join us, all on WGN. So welcome to Hashtag Buy Diverse by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council on WGN Radio. Today's guest, Bonnie Smith, founder, president, CEO of Studio B. Bonnie is an established expert in the marketing and media industry with a unique combination of 17 years experience as a brand and agency marketer. She is being recognized as a revenue-driving, brand-building, and results-oriented marketing professional and strategic partner, creating brand experiences for top companies such as Pampers, CoverGirl, P&G's My Black is Beautiful, Always, Kraft, Bank of America, L'Oreal Paris, Soft Sheen Carson's, and top media brands including Essence, People in Espanol, and Entertainment Weekly Magazine. As part of the event marketing team at Time, Bonnie was responsible for the development of high-profile entertainment and media events that leveraged the power of the brands to advertisers, media executives, influencers, and celebrity talent. These events included the Sundance Film Festival, the Pre-Emmy Party, Island Def Jam Grammy Party, and many, many more. As an account director at Jack Morton Worldwide, a global experiential agency, Bonnie worked with Fortune 500 clients designing and producing impactful brand experiences. During that time, she led her teams to win two prominent awards as part of the Procter & Gamble My Black is Beautiful brand. Experience at Essence Festival, Event Marketer, Event Tech Awards, Gold Winner for Best Use of Social Media, and Interpublic Group's IPG Inclusion Award, Silver, in the Inclusive Marketing Innovative of the Year Award. In 2014, 
Bonnie founded Studio B to fuel her entrepreneurial spirit and follow her passion for designing and producing diverse events and experiences that celebrate the lives of unique and vivid women. Studio B is proud to be a 2019 X Award winner gold for Best Multicultural Event Campaign and nationally certified by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council. Client partners, again, include CoverGirl, P&G's My Black is Beautiful, Bevel, Essence, Sally Hansen, Midwest Living, and Showtime Networks, to name a few. Welcome to the show, Bonnie Smith. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing, Vince? I'm outstanding. Thank you, Bonnie. How are you doing? Fabulous. You know, it's sunny in Chicago and what, 40 degrees? That's good enough for me. That's Absolutely. spring. <laughs> it's, it's a heat wave now, right? Right. Phenomenal. Exactly. I can't Phenomenal. wait to get outside. Well, I appreciate, again, you taking the time to, to join us here in our, in our listening audience for the Hashtag Biodiverse podcast. So please tell us about Studio B and the organization, what pushed you to, to break out on your own and start with this experiential marketing experience. My background is in entertainment and events. That's always what I've, I've done since even even if in high school, if you think of my, my jobs um, growing up. But, you know, getting into this business was not new for me. Um, what was new was the entrepreneurship and the ownership part of it. So, you know, I at, at the end of the day, I have a passion for creating experiences that um, that help people feel like they can express themselves and that are that is, you know, uniquely customized for them. And also driving social impact. And so what really led me to founding Studio B was just looking at the work that I had been a part of. And although it had been, you know, really amazing work in the experiential industry, especially at the time, it's it's changing now. (laughs) Brand campaigns did not reflect women who claim multiple identities. And, you know, to kind of elaborate on that, I am being very specific and intentional about women of color. And the campaigns were lacking authenticity, you know, and and talking about the fact that we don't just come in one color, we don't just come in one shade and size and and the way that we maybe uh, talk about our identity, right? So self-expression being one of my core beliefs and the core beliefs of the business now was really just to say, I want to work on business and I want to work on projects that truly help improve or impact the lives for underrepresented and underserved communities of women and specifically communities of women of color, because that's the biggest, you know, disproportionate group of people when we talk about um, driving economic impact and impact in general. So, you know, just wanting to be able to lead that type of work and seek out individuals who have that same passion of doing that type of work different when you work for a large corporation you know you you're being told what to work on when to work on it and um, sometimes it's really positive things and sometimes it's things you're just not interested in so ultimately I made the decision to go out on my own and start doing the intentional work that I knew um, would really help drive change but also help fulfill the needs that were out there. Outstanding. And I love that. And thank you so much for sharing the intentionality, if you will, 
of what you're doing with your with your firm, uh, how you're going out and making sure that women of color in particular are being included in a lot of these um, brand recognition, the opportunities for it there. And then particularly this month, we're celebrating Women's History Month. And so that intentionality, if you will, for what Studio B offers, uh, how has that positioned you, especially during the pandemic? Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, um, a large part of our business, you know, and when you look at the revenue model, was based on large events. So, you know, we were bringing 10 different iconic brands to Essence Festival and BeautyCon and and all these really great, huge festivals from 5,000 people to 500,000 people. And so when the pandemic hit, it kind of just started to drop one by one. Right. But the thing that has kept us going, and I'm very proud of it, because, as you know, a lot of small businesses have had to close and not just small businesses, but small black owned businesses. um, That percentage is too high. And so I'm really proud of the fact that we stuck to our guns of who we are. And that has never changed and will never change. And it's, it's the core and the mission of what we do. And we connect Fortune 50 brands and media companies to the world's most powerful consumer. And we all know that that is women. <laughs> um, and what's different and unique about us, about Studio B, is that we have an unsurpassed expertise with women of color. And women of color are the greatest untapped potential and largest projected growth. And at the end of the day, our clients know that we know how to harness that untapped potential to grow their business and their brands. Outstanding. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, women being a huge you know, market segment, if you will, for a lot of those and, and ultimately the consumer, right? And so you leveraging that through your organization, through Studio B, and making sure that the inclusive part of it is there. Can you talk to our listening audience a little bit about your thought process behind certification and how you've positioned that or leveraged that for Studio B? Definitely. You know, I, I look back to see when I first got my certification, it was in 2017. And that may not be that long ago, but I mean, it's just, again, it, you have to celebrate the wins and, and look at all that you've achieved, um, especially when you're in business and you're going through what, what all businesses are going through right now. And so I started a company in 2014. It was more of a consultancy. And then I grew it to a full, you know, 360 creative experience agency. And in 20, the end of 2016 is when we really started to pick up momentum to shift and evolve who we were going to be and what we were going to do or like who our customer was going to be. And um, at that point I knew, you know, if I'm going to go to the next level myself individually as a leader, but also the business and everybody else who's working with me, I need to do that and couple that with a certification that recognizes our company as, you know, at the top that operates and executes with excellence at the highest level all the time. And I believe, you know, that having the certification through, you know, through the organization, through Chicago MSCC was part of that. And so I went and got certified. (laughs) And, you know, some of the great benefits that we've seen and and opportunities is that, you know, we know corporations do need to fill a requirement. And we're seeing right now kind of the, the receipts that people are asking for and challenging for in terms of making that requirement, not just about supplier diversity, but the, the employee. And so, you know, part of our relationship with, with you guys, Vince, and even your team is building our relationship together to, to do this work, you know, help motivate and empower other business leaders, other small businesses, 
help empower myself even to have the certification and talk to your team and brainstorm ways that we can get the word out and also make connections with these brands that we want to work with. And that's one of the things, you know, about being a business owner and owning your own business, you get to make those choices. I don't have somebody telling me what project I need to work on or what client I need to work with. And so it's been really great kind of curating those opportunities with Chicago MSDC, giving us the open access to, to connect with some of these brand leaders. I love it. That's phenomenal. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, just that process and how you're using it to your advantage. You know, when opportunities present themselves, and you said the events now are, are, are essentially slowing down. So you're leveraging yourself differently. With that being a, a woman of color, being an entrepreneur that's running your own business, what do you find the most challenging? What do I find the most challenging? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I have to tell No one you, said this would be easy, right? <laughs> no one said this would be easy. And I think a lot of people go into it, and, and myself included, like, oh, cool. You know, I'm a, I'm a CEO. I'm a founder. I, or, you know, I've got this side hustle. Or I'm going to make this happen. And that's great. You want that passion and you want that confidence. You're going to need it. But there's some big realities to it. And I'll tell you, it's changed, right? So uh-huh. there's, there's challenges every day. It's how you deal with them and how you leverage your, your, you know, not only yourself, but the people around you to help solve for them. So I'll say the challenges that we've come up against with, with COVID, obviously, is really working through the operational part of your business. So I'm a business developed person. I'm a relationship person. I've always been on the account management kind of sales side. And in order to have a profitable business, because I'm in the business of making money, right? We are not a nonprofit. Absolutely. clear. (laughs) And I think that that's important because if I'm not making money, how can I give back to my family and my community? So in order to do that, you have got to have sound operations. You've got to control your costs. And that was a big learning for me um, throughout this process and learn how to have those types of skills. And then with COVID, it was even that had to be tenfold. Because we went into damage control, right? I like to pay my bills. <laughs> I, li- I don't like to have things coming out all the time. So I like I make a lot of upfront payments. And, and, you know, we had entered into contracts. So there's just it, that part was really challenging in terms of really reining in all of the operational items to control your costs, knowing that all of your opportunities for revenue were slowly diminishing um, when COVID hit. Right. And so that is part of what has kept us in business. And, and again, you know, it, that is just something that is so important that I would tell anybody. It is not just about sales. You could sell a million dollars. But what happens when your costs are 999, you know, thousand, whatever, like, like <laughs> you're, yeah. le- you're left with, you know, you, you have to have you have to have the operational savvy and sound and you have to know about driving profit. And so those are the challenges that I've been working working through over the year. But when I first started, and, I, and I, this is this is good because I, I didn't talk about it. So I would do press interviews and, you know, talk about how amazing everything was. <laughs> and I got on the phone with a family friend of mine who had her business, and she was one of the first woman-owned, and um, she was also gay back in the 80s in the uh, food distribution industry, which is dominated by men. Absolutely, yeah. And Definitely. she told me, you know, I'm listening to all these great interviews, Bonnie, congratulations, but everybody in my family keeps it real. They'll bring you down like real quick. <laughs> and she's like, but I don't see you talking about what the challenges were yeah. and that, you know, what you went through in order to get that. And so you should, should really be more honest about those things so people understand that it, it, it takes a lot of hard work 
it also is important to have a reputation that is trustworthy and respectful and has integrity. Yeah, very. And all key attributes of what we like to pride um, our minority business uh, enterprises, if you will, of having the integrity, the honesty, the professionalism, just like you mentioned. And that's what Studio B offers. Mm -hmm. You touched on a little bit about uh, access to capital or just some of the challenges, if you will, that uh, businesses still continue to have. I always add to that. I can give you a lot of money to actually maintain your business, if you will, to grow. But what about access to customers, right? That's another key component to the equation for ultimate sustainability. Would you agree? I, I wholeheartedly. And I think, I mean, that was one of the other biggest reasons for me for getting certified is the opportunity to grow my client portfolio. Outstanding. Very good. For those that are interested and reaching out to Studio B, finding out about what they can do, sending out uh, opportunities, how would they be able to reach you? A couple different ways. So <laughs> the first way, great way, obviously, is going to our website, which is studiobhq.com. So I always spell that out. So Studio B is in boy, H is in Henry, Q is in queen.com. <laughs> and then another great, I know I always love throwing out the word queen. Very nice. Um, Instagram, is uh, our handle is at Studio B Entertainment. Um, and if you go there, you'll see some great work and some of our content. And then, of course, you know, you follow me. I'm on Instagram as well as I am Bonnie Smith and always talking about, you know, we live and breathe our mission every each and every day. So um, you can definitely find us there and reach out to us there. That's phenomenal. What's next on the, on for Studio B? You talked about how the pandemic has, you know, forced you to become more efficient to to reach out in different ways. What does 2021 look like for, for Bonnie Smith and Studio B Entertainment? Well, I'll start with Studio B. So we have had the pleasure of working on a, uh, a nonprofit initiative in Northwest Arkansas for the past six months, and it's continuing work to drive inclusivity um, and diversity in this region. And it has been incredible spotlighting minority-owned businesses, talking about the impact on minorities of COVID and the disproportionate impacts and just creating a, and developing a lot of programming and branded content. So in terms of what's next for Studio B, it is expanding on our key assets and our insights and our expertise and not just manifesting that strategy and that creative and those insights into a live event experience, but manifesting that into really strong content and programming that just gets people excited that can kind of live anywhere, right? So virtually live, maybe hybrids, et cetera. We're expanding our client portfolio, which I'm really excited about, hopefully into the snacks and the financial industry, yeah. working on economic prosperity. And then for Bonnie, um, I think you know this, Vince, but I was recently accepted into the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program Phenomenal. and it is challenging me again. like I've never been challenged before. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. And congratulations on that. That is not an easy, Thank you. an easy feat. And I know it's an incredible program that does provide some phenomenal content and capacity building opportunities, if you will, for you. So very, very good. So as we close out the listening audience here, women's history month, special advice for women as we celebrate honor, strictly women of color, our Madam Vice President, what would you like to share? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I will. I, going back to what's next for Bonnie, if I could, I would like desperately want to work for 
Madam Vice President, which would be amazing. <laughs> I think my advice is 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 simple. Just if you you know what you want, you know what you deserve to get paid for that in in whichever form that you that you want. And just my advice is be confident, be respectful, and demand and command that that respect. And and also give back, right? Because even for people with my experience, I still need mentorship. And so I think that it's, it is consistently making sure that there is not only one of us at the top. We got to get to much more, higher numbers. Outstanding. Wow. That's phenomenal. Well, I definitely wish nothing but continued success for uh, Studio B, for you in particular, Bonnie, because I think you know, you are phenomenal. I love uh, the work that you do. We've had the opportunity of, of working together in some past environments. But I do want to close out our podcast today with um, one of the things that you share uh, on your website. Working with Bonnie and working with Studio B is more than a connection. It's more than an engagement. You believe in expression. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately a phenomenal way of showcasing your grit, your grace, and the gravity of the work that you would do when opportunities come your way. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that. I, you know, I'm excited and I love working with you. I just, I look forward to so much more that we can do together. And yeah, I'm just, I was excited to be on today. So thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate it again for the listening audience uh, to reach out to uh, Bonnie Smith with Studio B. Give us that, that website again, www.studioB. That's studiobhq.com. Okay, that's Bonnie Smith, thank you so much. Continued success to you. All the best, and I will see you soon. Thank you, Vince. Becoming a strategic partner with Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council puts you in front of other corporations like Allstate, United, AT&T, Walgreens, Northern Trust, AbV, and McDonald's. Some of our national members include Amazon, Facebook, Coca-Cola, Worldwide Technologies, and others. And now, back to Hashtag Biodiverse Podcast, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council on WGN Radio. Welcome to Hashtag Biodiverse by Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council. Today's special guest, Manny Flores, President and CEO of Summer Corps. Manny became President and CEO in 2018 after serving two years as a member of the Summer Corps Board of Directors. Manny brings a unique blend of public and private sector experience and leadership to his role. Prior to joining Summer Corps, Manny practiced law representing financial service companies. He served in the Chicago City Council with distinctions as alderman of the first ward. Manny went on to lead the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation as director and acting secretary, where he regulated state chartered banks and credit unions. He serves on the boards of the Small Business Advocacy Council, Metropolitan Planning Council, United Way of Chicago, and the Environmental Law and Policy Center, and sits on the Cook County Economic Development Advisory Committee. Please join us in welcoming Manny Flores. How you doing? 
I'm doing great, Vince. Thank you so much for that that nice uh, intro. Absolutely. No worries. So please, an incredible history of servant leadership, if you will, from the bio that we just shared. Tell our listeners, what are you up to now? Tell us about Summer Corps. Well, first of all, I just, again, want to say thank you, Vince, and, and please allow me to just express how, how grateful I am to be invited onto your program and just appreciate your leadership and the work that you're doing on behalf of the Chicago Minority Supplier Council and all of its members, businesses who represent the best, right, in our, in our diverse communities, minority-owned businesses, and really, you know, your, your advocacy and your support of growing the small business ecosystem, the ecosystem of entrepreneurs of color, so, so critical. And so I, I wanted to say thank you and to recognize your leadership, Vince. Thank you so much, you know, Manny. I appreciate that. No, my, my, my <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. You know, it's, it, when I get these opportunities to, to join programs such as this one and, and to be able to, to join leaders such as, as yours, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, re, it just, in many ways, it is a, it's a conversation and a reinforcement and, and just promoting the good work that we do every day. And, and I want to be clear here that, you know, Summer Corps is, is grateful to be part of a broader ecosystem, a broader network, whether it's small business lenders, community development financial institutions, uh, banks, you know, government entities like the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, and obviously organizations such as like the one that you lead, the the Chicago Minority Supplier Council, is you know it's it's a it's a broad network, and if if we don't work together, we can't bring about the kind of impact that we want to bring about, and and it's transformational impact, right? And so. You know, for, for what we do is we represent, we work essentially on behalf of the Small Business Administration in originating and servicing what are called SBA 504 loans. We also administer grants for the City of Chicago, the Small Business Improvement Fund, as well as the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. And we're a nonprofit organization, as I referenced earlier. We've been around since 1992. And our mission is to work along in partnership with other uh, social impact organizations, if you will, to bring about stronger economic development opportunities. And in particular, making sure that we are also focusing on the needs of communities of color. Because unfortunately, we've seen for too long, whether it is uh, black or brown neighborhoods, communities, you know, we've seen these communities be left behind, and we got to we got to change that. We have to change that, and and frankly, you know, it's it's in everyone's best interest to see more inclusive investment and opportunity, and to really bring about a change and and a better way for communities that have been left out historically. So it's exciting to be part of that network. You know, as as you mentioned, I've been now with Summer Corps in my current role since the fall of 2018 and was on the board beforehand. But, you know, it's humbling. It's humbling the work. It's about social impact, and it's about creating opportunity for entrepreneurs. Outstanding, yeah. And that's phenomenal. I love that you um, mentioned during uh, the mission and vision of Summer Corps of how 
It really is striving to help minority businesses. You're a strategic partner, if you will, of the Chicago MSDC Council. And really, uh, again, being able to show the impact that we can cause, particularly in the black and Hispanic communities, for these entrepreneurs that we know have had a hard time during this pandemic. Can you explain a little more uh, about the SBA 504 program for the listening audience? So I'm, I'm glad you asked that. First, let me just say, provide some context. The Small Business Administration is a large organization. Its mission is obviously to support the growth of small businesses throughout all communities. It is obviously, it has a, a federal mandate. It's a federal governmental entity. And in particular, for us, we have been authorized, have been given permission to help the SBA originate and service what I've already referenced as a 504 loan. And what makes the 504 loan compelling is that it is low-cost financing for small businesses to be able to use that financing for the purchase of the property that they're going to operate their business out of. And when, when I say affordable financing, we're talking about interest rates that are always going to be below market at the time that you are financed and and approved by the SBA. And it's always fixed rate financing and it's long-term financing. So you have the options between either a 10-year, a 20 or a 25-year fixed rate loan to be able to buy your real estate to use for your business operations. Now, to be clear, it's not for investment properties. So if, if you're an entrepreneur, many of our entrepreneurs, as you know, they're, they're savvy. They may own uh, some apartment buildings. They may own some, you know, they may also have some maybe some other real estate holdings. But if the loan is not used to be able to, for you know, to place your business in that property, you may not use the 504. That being said, the 504 is used commonly to be able to help that entrepreneur operate their business out of the real estate. So it's a great program. One of the things that I like about it is if you think about it, Vince, is that it it provides small businesses not only the access to capital, but the opportunity to also build equity in their business through the purchase uh, of their property. Now, to be clear, the SBA itself does not lend on its own to be able to finance these projects. It does it in partnership with private lenders, typically banks or credit unions. And so it's really a a unique public-private partnership where the SBA provides up to 40% of the financing of the total project costs. And the business usually only has to come in with 10%. And then a third-party lender will provide the other 50% of the financing. But because you have that shared participation, that co-participation, it makes the financing more affordable for the borrower. A really compelling and unique model and one that I'm always promoting because, candidly speaking, when it does come, when I, when I look at the numbers in terms of, you know, the access to this program or the utilization by minority-owned businesses, I'd like to see it grow. And and the SBA would like to see it grow. A lot of folks want to see it grow. And, you know, I think it's really a matter of working in collaboration with leaders like you to make sure that we get the word out about this program and to help people 
access the program and to help them navigate through the process. That's what our responsibility is as a certified development company on on behalf of, of the SBA. But truly transformational financing. Absolutely. And that's phenomenal. So I love um, how you describe the intentional sharing of this resource with minority-owned businesses to take advantage, again, of this fixed-rate, below-market financing options, where, again, they're helping to build capacity and increase sustainability as entrepreneurs. Very good. That's right. Yeah, very good. And as I was listening to more of you describe really what the utilization for the SBA 504, a question that popped into my mind is, would a business owner be able to use this for a mixed-use property? And so meaning that one that had a combination of uh, a place for their business, but also some income or residential opportunities for them. So there are guidelines around the eligibility and use of of the uh, of the 504 the rule is that as long as the the business is occupying 51% of the property then you can use the 504 program and even if let's say on the other 49% you're renting that space out you're okay so in that respect you know frankly it is you know there is some investment opportunity right in 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 that 49% but again the rule is it is a hard rule uh, it is one that the SBA has in place but if you think about it Vince that's that's still pretty fair right 51% of an existing building now what's also unique about the 504 program is that you can use the financing to roll up construction costs so let's say that you want to build from scratch. You you see a piece of property that you like, you know, you, you want to see your business grow, uh, you, you find that, that it's strategically located, whatever the business decision driving that, you know, the purchase decision, whatever it may be. But let's say that you have to build on that property. Well, you can use the 504 to also finance the construction. In that situation, the business has to occupy at least 60% of that property. So it's pretty reasonable in terms of the percentages and given the very low interest rates, given the long-term fixed rate nature, you know, it really gives that business flexibility to use that that capital, the money that they're saving with this low-cost financing it to also be using it strategically for other purposes and it you know, digressing a bit here, I I love your point about capacity building because that's what this particular financing does help a small business with is thinking about how they can better manage their capital through the use of this low-cost financing option. Outstanding, yeah. And that's really um, some of the initiatives and directives of resources that we hope to provide through the council. Having this partnership with Summer Corps and working directly with you to provide these types of options, especially during a pandemic or during, you know, what we're experiencing now with the economic disruption, having the option now for these businesses to either combine, create opportunities for growth, identify more ways of increasing inventory, scaling 
differently, those are some of the options that we want to provide. And, I, and I'm confident that the SBA 504 program, as well as some of maybe the other financing options that Summer Corps provides, helps with that. So thank you. For sure. Yeah. You know, Vince, I do want to also point out that the 504 program even includes a refi option. So to your point about also just managing the fallout of the pandemic, right? We've seen how the the economy was was impacted and the disruption to cash flow for a lot of our clients, small businesses that we work with and I'm sure many of your your members, uh, liquidity was an issue. And so having access to that additional capital to manage through and navigate, frankly, the crisis, you know, the refi can also be used as a strategic financing option in the event that someone may already own property for their in which their business operates out of, or if, let's say, they are paying or have a mortgage that has a higher interest rate, you can use the refi to bring some of those financing costs down and even be able to take some money out of any equity that you may have already built in your property and use that money in a way to help power you through whatever your set of circumstances may be. Now, it's interesting we've seen, and you know this firsthand, Vince, the pandemic has had varying impacts, right, on on businesses. Correct. Some businesses have needed to scale up quickly to meet a special demand as a consequence of the pandemic. So in that situation, you may need additional capital to meet whatever client increased client demand you may be facing. In other situations, it may be that the business is dealing with a constriction, right, because of cash flow restrictions or, or, or issues. How do you leverage equity that you may have built into your property or other strategic considerations or options? The refi, the 504 refi is one of those solutions that may be applicable in that, in that situation as well. So a lot of flexibility. And I would say that the 504 program has already been tested and has actually performed really well in terms of you know, helping businesses navigate through an economic crisis. This program has been around for more than 30 years. It performed very well during the 2008 financial crisis. And frankly speaking, we're seeing an increase in 504 demand now for a lot of the reasons that I've just articulated. Outstanding. Yeah, that's great. And I love that, again, you mentioned how it's the opportunity for these businesses to leverage their continued sustainability, if you will. And uh, so that refinance option, and again, is a great one. Do you mind talking a little bit about the process? Does Summer Corps uh, provide consultants or advisors, or do you recommend that these minority businesses or the entrepreneurs work with an existing consultant and advisor to take advantage of these services? So, you know, we are here as a service to provide help to businesses. Now, what I would say, if someone's listening to the program and they think they may, this is something that they're interested in, you know, I would encourage them to email us or to call us. 
and to begin a conversation. Please share that information, the website, the phone number. Sure. We're we're summercore.com. That's S-O-M-E-R-C-O-R.com. And, you know, I would just like to give my personal email. It's mflores at summercore.com. mflores at summercore.com. And that's really the best way uh, to get in touch with us. I encourage you to reach out to me personally, and I will make sure that we will connect you with one of our loan officers and support staff. Now, as I indicated before, Vince, this is a public-private partnership, so it's not uncommon for us to already be collaborating directly with the businesses personal business banker. Mm-hmm. Now some of our some of our some of the businesses who reach out to us may not have a banking relationship mm-hmm. and we can work with them in helping guide them establish a banking relationship. For our part, what we will do is inform the small business of the process. It really starts with taking a look at usually the three years financials, looking at the business plan and going through the regular underwriting process and and engagement in developing a a partnership, a lending partnership. And our job is to evaluate and making sure that the business meets the eligibility criteria to help the process be a seamless process, to make sure that there is a a positive client-customer experience in navigating and accessing the 504. Now, I want to be clear, not everyone is eligible for a 504. That being said, there are other options. And as I indicated before in my, in my very early remarks, we are part of a broader network of relationships. Our goal is to help that business access capital, access technical assistance, and other resources to empower them and to place them in a position to continue to grow as an institution. And so that even if perhaps today they may not be in a position for a particular type of loan, how can we work with them to then grow and build that capacity to make sure that they have access to capital? Outstanding. Because we do continue to hear that that is really one of the major challenges that minority businesses continue to encounter, and that's access to capital. And so, again, having SummerCore as an organization that can provide these options to work with their loan officers, to identify refinance options, again, is a phenomenal way. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that information about the SBA 504 program and also sharing how they can get in touch with you. And again, that's mflores, F-L-O-R-E-S, at SummerCore, S-O-M-E-R-C-O-R.com. And if you don't mind sharing with the listening audience, Manny, what are some additional initiatives that are in the pipeline for Summer Corps? Do we have so, some SPIF opportunities on the horizon? Do we have some NOF opportunities that you know of? <laughs> I, I love it. I love it, Vince. As you know, we are, we are also very proud of our partnership with the City of Chicago, the Department of Planning, and their commitment of reinvesting in local neighborhoods. So the Small Business Improvement Fund and the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund are grants uh, that the City of Chicago provides for small businesses who are looking to make building improvements 
They can be to the exterior and also to the interior. Now, they, they are two separate grant programs. The Small Business Improvement Fund is primarily for the, uh, it's a reimbursement program, and it's, it's primarily for, it could be for industrial or it could be for commercial, and um, it's in areas that are within tax increment finance districts. Now, the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund is, is slightly different in that it is focused in, in areas in the west southwest and south sides of Chicago. And it is also tied to certain geographies. So what I would recommend to the audience, if you're tuning in and you're interested in learning more about how to get involved and take advantage of those grant programs, the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund has its own website, nofneighborhoodopportunityfund.com. And then also the Small Business Improvement Fund, I'm proud to say that they also have now their own website, is through the city of Chicago. Now, the summercore.com website is also a conduit to both of those websites. So if nothing else, you can always go to summercore.com and be connected to either the Small Business Improvement Fund as well as the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. And those two initiatives, Vince, you know, are not just grant programs, but I know that some of the folks tuning in may be contractors, may be in providing professional services such as architectural uh, services or maybe planners or in the construction, something related to construction. The Small Business Improvement Fund and the Neighborhood Opportunity Fund, those programs are about funding construction projects. Um, And so those are also opportunities for businesses who are in, in that industry to consider participating and figuring out how to get engaged in perhaps pursuing some of those business opportunities. Um, Networking and working together, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the city of Chicago deserves a lot of credit. They've been, you know, we we work with them in continuously evolving and, and looking at ways of how to make the process more streamlined and easier and technical assistance is always a, a, a you know a, a big a big item. It's always a priority. And what we're seeing is, you know, helping link these uh, professional service providers to these small businesses so that they can so that they can take advantage of these grant dollars and ultimately you know build build a, a nicer and better and stronger local neighborhood business. Absolutely, that's phenomenal. Wow. Incredible information, Manny. This is really what I think our listening audience here at the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council is looking to gain, but then also solidifying, again, the relationship and strategic partnership, if you will, that uh, we have with Semacor as as far as providing more resources for access to capital and options on ways for them to leverage their business to sustain and grow. So I thank you. I thank you for your time. I thank you for the knowledge that you've shared. I thank you for your expertise. And ultimately, Manny, I thank you for your leadership. This is phenomenal. Thank you so much, Vince. It's always a pleasure to be with you, my friend. Outstanding. So Manny Flores, President and CEO of SummerCore, has joined us here on Hashtag Buy Diverse, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council. Manny, thank you again. Thank you. Hi, this is Vince Williams, and you're listening to the Chicago MSDC Minute.
Chicago MSDC Minute. Women's History Month. March is Women's History Month, and here at the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, we honor and value the contributions of our women-owned businesses who make history every day. In our member database, we have hundreds of businesses owned by Asian, Black, Hispanic, and Native American women who have been growing and scaling their brands for years. They choose Chicago MSDC not only for certification, but also because of our history and because of the corporations we connect them with for potential business opportunities. Thank you to all of our women-owned businesses and entrepreneurs. We're happy to acknowledge them and also to bring some of their stories to you through the Hashtag by Diverse podcast. You've been listening to Hashtag by Diverse, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council on WGN Radio. www.chicagomsdc.org.